In today's episode, we begin by learning how some paper, a pair of scissors, and a little math can light up the imagination of a seven-year-old. No, really. We ponder a question that only a die-hard church official could love. What is the basic unit of Christianity? We turn to a children's science fiction story for another perspective, the perspective of an ant. And we realize that our question didn't come from me, but it came from the thoughts of one of the most amazing geniuses of modern times. See, I told you it wasn't me. All on the way to answering the question, what is the one focus of true religion? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. One of the truly mind-blowing ideas I remember learning as a fairly young kid was the notion that if I took a piece of paper and cut it in half, I could then take one of those pieces of paper and cut it in half. And again, taking one of the newly formed pieces and cutting it in half again. And the idea being that I could, well, anyone could, theoretically continue this process forever. Ever smaller pieces could always be divided into even smaller pieces. Or if you want to just put it into math, any number, no matter how small, can be divided by two. Now, to a second grader, this was mind-blowing and exciting. Regardless of the size of something, it can always be broken down into smaller parts. The person can be broken down into organs and fluid, and even those can be broken down into various types of tissue, and then the process continues until the cellular level, and then even beyond to the atomic and even subatomic level. When I was an active parish minister, I remember that I went to a conference one time, and at the conference was speaking a member of my diocesan staff. Now, diocese, if you want to use government equivalents, think of kind of the equivalent of the state level in terms of our religious organization. So a member of our diocesan leadership told a group of priests at this conference that the basic unit within our faith was the diocese. Now, I remember there were a lot of conversations that followed after that because it seemed strange to me. For to most clergy, most parish clergy, the basic unit of Christianity is the parish, the place where community is really formed. Now, it doesn't have to be a parish, a church building or whatever, but the basic unit of Christianity to a minister is wherever the community is gathering to worship together. That's kind of the basic unit. And to the actual members of our congregations, well, I would imagine, at least lots of the places I have served, to most of them, the basic unit of Christianity is, well, themselves, right? The individual sitting in the pew or who chooses not to sit in the pew, as the case may be. If you're wondering why this matters or where the truth may lie, well, it's probably less about absolute truth and far more related to perception. Now, do you want to know what you believe the basic unit of, say, your faith, your religion, your denomination is? Ask yourself this question. What's the basic unit that, if it is healthy, you believe everything else will fall in line and be healthy as well? To the person who was speaking at the conference, the person from the diocese, when they were speaking to us, they were very clear. 
a healthy diocese means healthy churches, means a healthy national church, even healthy and vibrant members in the pews. Make sure the diocese is healthy and vibrant and everything else will fall in line. To a parish clergy, like I was, we're far more likely to say a healthy parish is where the focus should be. And if parishes are healthy, you'll probably have a healthy diocese as well as healthy parishioners. Now, interestingly, this is not just a spiritual or religious question. It's a question that permeates every single aspect of our lives. At almost every level of existence, things can be broken down in smaller parts or combined into a larger whole. And at some point, we have to decide which piece of that, as we approach the whole or smaller parts, which piece of that is most important and deserves our focus. So in the field of politics, where should our focus be? Are politics most fundamentally worked out at the city level or the state level or the national level, or perhaps it is the county, the neighborhood, the street, or just the individual person level that really seems to be most important to you? When our children were younger, we read a series of novels, a series of books by K.A. Applegate. The series is called The Animorphs. It's a group of books, it's over 50 at least, written about a group of kids who discovered that the earth was being invaded by aliens. Aliens who can take over people's bodies without you being able to see any difference into them. And this group of kids were given a technology that allowed them to touch any living thing, absorb its DNA, and then morph into that creature for an hour at a time. Now, the stories are really exciting. As these kids start out as middle school kids, they age as the books go on, and they don't know who they can trust and who they can't. So middle school kids are struggling together to save the world. Equally interesting is that whenever the kids morph into an animal, their own consciousness remains, but the temperament of that species also coexists with their own minds. For example, the first time they morphed into dolphins, they were on a mission but the animal's natural playfulness initially in the story gets in the way of their trying to stay focused on their mission. When they morph into ants in one particular book, they discover that ants have almost no sense of individuality. Ants are really aware of the large whole of the ant colony and don't think of themselves as individuals. Now, who knows if this is true of ants, but it really, it rang true for me when I read it. And it's so different from my way of thinking, my way of existing, that it got me fascinated by our own sense of self. I spent a lot of time thinking about my individuality and how different it was from, well, say that ant's sense of self, which in this story is all about the larger community. It's just, well, so different. As I said, all of this is more than a religious or denominational question. It's more than political or even a question of those who are studying animal behavior. There are those who argue that it is, at its core, the very fundamental question of life. The question is this. What is the basic unit? Okay, that's, that's a really boring way of putting this. And if I had put that as the opening question for this you would have never clicked on this episode. If you've listened to all of my podcasts, thank you. Also, if you've listened to them, you will realize 
then I have some ambivalent feelings about Einstein. Not, not scientifically. I'm fascinated by him. He's obviously a scientific genius. But when he delves into the moral and spiritual realm, I'm often puzzled by his, his inconsistency. He spoke and wrote about God and religion with amazing frequency, and sometimes in ways that I actually think were useful. Other times, he made it abundantly clear that he believed in neither of those two, God or religion, which is absolutely his right, but leaves me curious as to why, then why is he speaking about them if he doesn't believe in them? So, telling you about my ambivalence at times about Einstein and his conversations about faith and spirituality and morality. In our conversation today, we have a particular quote from him that I think I want to use because it's powerful and, and it is really thought-provoking. So the following was written in a letter by him to a friend, I think on the occasion of the death of a loved one in his friend's life. And though the original letter was written in German, the English translation that I'm going to use was later written by him in his own handwriting beneath his German writing. So we will assume it captures the intent of his original words. Here it is. A human being is part of the whole called by us universe. A part limited in time and space, he experienced himself, his thoughts, his feelings as something separate from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. The striving to free oneself from this delusion is the one issue of true religion. Not to nourish it, but to try to overcome it is the way to reach the attainable measure of peace of mind. Okay, let's visit that again because I think there's a lot there to catch on the first pass. Einstein says, A human being is part of the whole, called by us, universe. He experiences himself, his thoughts, his feelings as something separate from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. Okay, let me start with that last phrase I just read that deals with the issue of true religion. True to me is a dangerous word, and it's often used like the word orthodox as a way to make other people fall in line with the speaker's position. Whether you're talking about true patriotism, true love, or true religion, the notion true is always created in those in the mind of the speaker. And so for me, is a little problematic. And so I want to address that, but let's keep moving on. So admitting the linguistic problems to begin with, I don't, I don't totally disagree. It seems to me that the role of religion, admittedly as I understand it, is to help the individual see themselves as a part of something larger than themselves. Now, a cult, which I will describe as the epitome of unhealthy religion, also works on convincing the individual, the member of the cult, to see herself or himself as a part of a larger whole. But a cult normally makes sure that the boundaries of their group are very defined. They don't want their members seeing themselves as a part of anything more than the cult. In other words, think of yourself as a member of our group, but nothing else, nothing beyond that. I love Einstein's chosen phrase that the whole is called the universe, and we most often see ourselves as separate from that. 
we ourselves are inhabiting the universe, but not a part of it. We see ourselves as very first of all as individuals, which he describes as a kind of optical delusion of consciousness. Isn't that a great phrase? I love that. An optical delusion of consciousness. So perhaps by Einstein's definition, any religion that sees, teaches, and affirms boundaries between any group and the larger whole of which we are a part is something less than a true religion. Now, I should confess, and I do understand the struggle that people have with this, because I will admit for myself, I don't think I can really cognitively, conceptually get my mind around the idea that I am part of the entire universe. Even though I agree that I am, I just have difficulty conceptually seeing my part in the universe maybe the same way a cell in my heart is part of my body as a whole. I think it's a difficult place to sit comfortably in our thoughts and beliefs, particularly maybe for the modern Western mind. But here is the truth, at least as I understand, say, the Christian faith. We should always be endeavoring to expand the boundaries of who we understand as us. Let's be honest. If you believe in God, regardless of your faith, if you believe in God, then you almost certainly believe that God creates all people. Not just the practitioners of your faith. God created and creates everyone. That means you're part of not just your faith, but a larger whole called humanity. You, we all, are members of God's created family. And then if that's true, then you're part of, well, all of creation as well. The birds in the sky, the fish in the ocean, the water in the streams, the mountains that decorate the world, and the planets, the vast expanse of interstellar space are all parts of God's creation all part of our created family, as it were. Now, some would take this to mean that there should be no religion at all. But that's not where I am. Look, I don't think that acknowledging our common ancestry, our common bonds with all of humanity, with all of creation, means that we should try to eradicate our differences. We should just learn to celebrate and enjoy our differences, not condemn each other and fight about them. If we hold a worldview in which we rid ourselves of, as Einstein calls it, the optical delusion, and we see ourselves as part of the larger whole, and I mean the really larger whole, I would argue that a whole lot of things would basically begin to solve themselves. The disparity of resources that we see in our world across our planet we would address that. We would address that because, because we're all one family. The issue of our slow destruction of our environment, we begin to see differently because we are part of the whole. We are part of this thing called God's creation. The issue of wars and conflicts would soon diminish to almost nothing if every other person in the world were seen as a part of us, rather than the other, is striving to change this optical delusion, the one issue of true religion, as 
Einstein says it is. Perhaps. I would probably say there's room for other issues as well. After all, religion's a pretty broad topic. But it seems to me that any faith that strives for anything less than continually expanding our boundaries, our awareness, our consciousness, our understanding of self, is certainly guilty of diminishing the role of God, who is by definition our Creator, and therefore also by definition our Uniter. God created us all. So we are, or at least we should be, willing to see ourselves as one with everything that God has created. That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Sky Pilot Faith Quest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you by email. My email address is dan at skypilot.zone. And on your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.